This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 34 and uh, you might think I sound a little bit tired and it's because I am a little bit tired. This week I've had to move things around for the podcast and uh, maybe, maybe that means we might have to start changing our release date. I've got a new job uh, which is personally, it's a better fit for me. Uh, but obviously we've got to read you a couple of things we'll be finding out across the next couple of weeks what sort of work schedule I'll be having going forward and that'll give me a better idea of what days of the week I can commit to once again because these early mornings are absolutely killing me I'm not used to this guys I'm not Um, yeah that's that explained so let's move on to the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Get in. Right. Where does the sheep get his haircut? Hmm? Where does the sheep get his haircut? The bear shop. Hmm? You like that one? Where does a sheep, you know, like Sean the sheep get his hair cut? At the bear shop. Bear shop. <laughs> right, that'll do. This is episode 34 of the Blue Army podcast, and today we're going to be joined by Wills. So let's get on with it. Alright, matters, and welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is episode 30 effing four we're in our mid 30s now we're we're uh, we're getting towards the midlife crisis time but we're doing all right and uh, the reason we're doing all right is because today we're joined by will say hello wills hello wills hello <laughs> Liam. mate hello mate, I'm Liam. Actually- I've actually got, hello. I saw you, yeah, I know, I saw you. I've got it written down. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. I knew you were going to say, say hello, Wills. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I saw your notes before the thing. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as I watch a YouTube masterclass on how to do a proper introduction, mate, you're there just to tick me down again. <laughs> 
Hey, I thought I was abolishing those awkward sort of silences before you got to say hello by just easily just saying, say hello, Wills, you know, because that's what they all do. That's what they all, <laughs> that's what they all do, mate. That's what they're all doing. They all go, say hello, my guest, you know, and then they, that's how they shoehorn them in. But normally I just leave it like an awkward silence and you just sort of go, hi, it's nice to be here. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you very much for joining me today, Wills. Do you want to know what we're going to get up to today? Should I run through it? Yes, please. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> you just admitted you saw my what? notes, you dirty liar. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's podcast, we have plenty of positives to talk through. We've got our thoughts on United's victory over Salford. Now... The transfer deadline day has been and gone. We can talk properly about Carlisle's new signings. And, of course, we'll be looking ahead to Carlisle United's next fixture away against Crawley Town. But first, and, mate, I hope this pulls off because this might be quite funny if this pulls off. First, <laughs> we've got Sam Fishburne watch. Oh, can you hear that? <laughs> Yeah, that, nice one. <laughs> yeah, that is Sam Fishburne thrashing about there. I like my sound effects, brilliant. That's Sam Fishburne thrashing about there over at Lancaster, killing the scene over there. Seven goals to his name so far. Do you want to know what he's been up to this week? This week? This week? Yes, definitely. Right, Sam Fishburne, watch. Oh, I've been enjoying this, mate. I've got to admit, I've been enjoying this. <laughs> Sam Fishburne sat out. Of this weekend's game uh, for oh, no. Lancaster. It was an FA Cup qualifier. Lancaster were playing ah. in an FA Cup qualifier. And so, yeah. Wills, this prompts the question. The reason Sam Fishburne wouldn't play in an FA Cup qualifier is because that would leave him cup-tied and unable to play for us in an FA Cup game. So, does that mean he's under contention to play for Carlisle United this season, do you think? Well, I mean, I think it's it's either that or to leave op- the option to loan him out at a higher level available as well. So, I mean... That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know, when you send a player out on loan, I think it's maybe par for the course. I don't know. They just kind of, like, say, can't play him in FA Cup. But, you know, um, I think the, you know, the options to either recall him at some point or send him out for a... Uh, higher level is still there because of that. I mean, I'd like to see him come back in January. January is normally around the time where, uh, beginning of January anyway, anyway, is normally the time where you'd be playing your FA Cup third rounds if we do get to FA Cup third rounds. Anyway, that's early January sort Mm. of time. So, Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure why they left him out, to be to be truly honest. See, I didn't say they're completely honest that time. To be truly yeah. honest, I don't know why they kept him out. Um, because, like okay, I said, yeah. there's a good chance we might not make it to the FA Cup third round. And also, any team below our level, there's a very good chance they won't make it to the FA Cup third round. But I, I agree with what you're saying. It does yeah, make it a more be enticing... Him out in... Yeah, any yeah. higher. Like, they get... but then again, remember when Gary Medin went to Coventry? Yeah, I mean, I think we can recall him and then loan him out before January if we're kind of like still sending him out and on league. Mm. I think we can still, I think we can still send players out on loan after the transfer deadline if it's the non-league. I'm not sure. All right, okay, okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, we can because I mean, like, for example, after our transfer window shut, um, Stockport was still being linked with. Not our players, but League Two players, because their window is still open. So, 
So, yeah, players can definitely leave clubs after the transfer window shut. All right, okay then. Well, I mean, I thought it was interesting that he was left out. I thought, you know, it might leave the mm. door open for him to come and play for us this season. I do want him to come and play for us this season. We I all think, know you that. Know, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's, he's doing well and the club will want to leave any doors open that they can, so... Yeah, it does make you know, there sense. Is, there is a chance that he might be playing for us in the FA Cup at some point. We yeah, need to make yeah. it to the third round. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Unless they call him back prematurely, then we'd have to make it to the third round. And that was I'm our not first... sure we can. What do you mean? I mean, I'm not sure we can recall him and him play for us because the transfer deadline, the transfer windows closed for us. So I thought the, because it was a youth loan deal, it's slightly different because he's training with no us. He, tra- yeah. he, he trains he trains with us and he only plays games at Lancaster. I have no idea then. Mm. The, the, the rules in that area are a bit complicated. They are a bit grey. They are a bit yeah. grey. I'm sure it's to do with the level that you're being loaned to and obviously the mm. fact that it's, it's a youth, it is a youth loan deal, which means mm. he is tra- he's training with the full... Because Calais United are a full-time team, Lancaster yeah, are. Yeah. So he's going to yeah, train yeah. with us. It's a very old school thing to do. It, it was quite common when I spoke to Derek Holmes. He told me that that was mm. the way they always did it in Scotland. When you were 16, you went out on loan to amateur men's mm. teams. Everybody did it unless you were like one in once in like a five or six year talent that might even get a sniff around the first team. You'd stick around yeah. the first team. But there wasn't any resi football back then. Um, obviously, Carlisle aren't in a resi league. There's no reserve team football really at Carlisle at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've got to utilize those loan deals because we don't have resi football, reserve team football, in case mm. uh, anybody doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about when I say resi. Um, and that's uh, that'll conclude our first ever sound affected Sam Fishburn watch. Whoa, look out! There he is! There he is! Oh, look out! There he is, <laughs> about killing it in non league. There he goes back into the waters, Sam Fishburn. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some people might accuse us of getting silly, mm. but <laughs> is it possible, right, you, know, be... you, you can maybe get him on this podcast at some point. Well, he is actually. He does. He does follow us on Instagram. Yeah. I'm ninety percent sure he does actually follow us on Instagram. <laughs> and I've always, obviously, I give him the big thumbs up every time. So mm. I think he. I don't think he listens, but I think he might know <laughs> who we are. And I think you know, if somebody does listen that's close to him, mm. and it's not impossible to think that. Um, then maybe, maybe he might, he, might, he might end up getting wind of this segment. But I don't think we're going to do it every single week. We might just keep it in the yeah. back burner for those, like, misery weeks when we've lost 3-0. And then we'll go, <laughs> oh, what's Sam Fishburne up to? And then we'll bring out the Sam Fishburne one. <laughs> and it'll bring out the good vibes. But, yeah, you know, we've got that to look forward to. That's our new little segment for now. I think everybody that goes out on loan, those youth team lads, um, like uh, Bell and uh, Dixon and Charters, if those guys end up going out on loan, I'd probably do a similar thing for them and wrap it all yeah, up in a beautiful Kieran little Leslie's segment. Leslie's gone out on loan, hasn't he? He has, he has. Workington, yeah. was it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see. It's good, you know. He obviously, I feel like when players at that age of 16, 17, uh, 18, when they go out on loan, um, that they, they're asking they're asking to play men's football. Yeah, I mean they need yeah. to, don't they? It's just yeah. like when we see uh kids from the Premier League that get loaned out to clubs down here, sometimes it's a huge step up for them, even if it's not a huge step up in skill, you know, just that kind of like intensity. 
Mm. I hope uh, I hope Brad Young doesn't get lost down here at this level because it would be a big shame if he doesn't get enough minutes under his belt, doesn't doesn't get going. But we'll talk about the Carlisle United starting lineup now. We'll move into our match report for Carlisle United's mm. 2-1 victory on the weekend against Salford City. We beat them 2-1. We prove that you don't just need to spend money to win football at this level. You need tactics, you need heart, you need some great support behind you. And, you need uh, John yeah, Mellish. You need John <laughs> bloody Mellish. You know, you do though, but you do, you know, yeah. you, you genuinely do. What were your first reactions when the final whistle went? I mean, I think relief more than anything. I don't think Salford really um, looked like they were banging on the door in the last 10 minutes, but, you know, with a one goal lead and they'd probably shaded it overall. Yeah, it's just kind of like a sigh of relief when the final whistle goes and know that we've actually got three points. We were quite comfortable up until the sort of like last... Obviously, when, when the minutes start counting down, mm. every chance seems more dramatic. So every time Salford got on the ball in the last five minutes, it felt dramatic. But it didn't really mm. get on the ball in the second half until the last five minutes anyway. And then the, 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 the balls in weren't that good. And we were always more dominant in the air for the most part, in the defence. It was more or less the sort of what we were doing on the ground in the defence is where our errors were maybe coming from. But we'll, we'll, um, a lack of closing people down fast enough, maybe. Lack of communication. Mm-hmm. Whose man's whose? Pick him up. No, you pick him up. That sort of thing. But we'll move on yeah. to talk about that. But first, we'll go through Carlisle United's starting lineup for our game against Salford, like we always do. Uh, we had Magnus Norman in goal, back in goal. after uh, Jensen played in the Cup. Uh, Mella made his debut uh, right back. Whelan, McDonald and Armour were the rest of the back line with Riley, Guy and Mellish in the midfield with Clough, Abrahams and Dickinson playing sort of a front three. Now, it didn't necessarily look like a front three from where I was sitting, which is what was at home watching mm. it on iPlayer because um, Clough was kind of just doing what he wanted to do, to be honest. He was kind of going left and right and central. He wasn't really dropping deep. I'll be honest, he wasn't really dropping deep and trying to get the ball, which is a little bit disappointing. Surprising starting lineup that Dickinson's back in the team. He hasn't really showed much, but he did score that goal. Um, can't really argue, really, once the final whistle went and the way that they, he put he set his team up. You're not gonna you, you, I have to take my hat off to Chris Beach. I didn't think that, that lineup was our best lineup going into the game. Hats off to him. Great game plan, changed a lot from what happened at Hartlepool, went back into the 4-3-3 and we looked a lot better for it. You were in the Warwick Road end. Yeah. Um, so you saw us, uh, we were attacking away from you for the first half. So the first goal was quite far away from you when it came into Dickinson on the volley. Mm. But I imagine it looked good. I imagine it still looked good from where you were. How was that volley? Yeah, I mean, didn't quite see the volley, but any shot that goes in off the post, you can kind of like, you can just tell it's a little bit spectacular. Mm. Look good on the replay. So, yeah, it was. I mean, as, as as well, you know, you see it hitting the post, and you just it just delays that time. You've got to wait to see the net bulge and to know that a goal has been scored. So, um, yeah, massive moment for us um, to get a fairly early goal. It lifted the fans, and you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure you've got on your list now to. To talk about the rest of the half, it didn't quite go. Oh yeah, absolutely. Way, yeah. Uh, but at I've, the time, it felt like this is you know this is how we need to start a game. 
yeah, uh, the, we, we didn't start terribly. Obviously, it was, it was quite backwards and forwards um, for the first sort of 10 minutes. We got our goal in the first 10 minutes. It was eight minutes in when Dickinson found the back of the net. It was a long mm. throw that came in. Tristan Abrahams did really well. Uh, he was backing into about three different defenders and took them all off balance. And then they, they as they were backpedalling, the headed clearance was poor, which just ended up right on Dickinson's foot. And, 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 mm-hmm. he, and he smashed it home into the ground. And then it hit off the post and it was in the back of the net. So it was a good goal. Uh, what do you think happened after that goal, though? Like, normally we, did, we didn't not chase it. We didn't not chase it. But Salford just kept coming at us, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, our game plan just wasn't really working. Um, so, I mean, a lot was talked last season about beach ball on various kind of like major podcasts. They kind of like um, had a lot of admiration for beach ball. Um, mm. What we saw um, at times this season, and certainly in the first half of the match yesterday, wasn't beach ball because... We didn't have well the, the quality of the balls forward wasn't really right, and we didn't have the sort of players that we were hitting it up to who could win it and then start to play football in the attacking third, which is kind of what you've got to do for it to be beach ball. You, you know, you've got to actually play football once you get it up front, and yeah, so what kind of happened then is that we just kind of ended up looking like a fairly kind of sluggish long ball merchant, sort of like hoofing it up to Abraham's to chase after Dickinson a bit. And and Clough wasn't even really involved because he's not no. someone you can hoof it forward to. So, yes, I mean, that's kind of like what I was thinking. So, you know, the rest of that half about what wasn't working yeah, um, I mean, I wanted to get more into the dynamics a little bit later on, but now you've mentioned now you've mentioned Clough and the role that he was he was playing in the game and the fact that yeah. he was he was brought off very early, and I feel like one of the reasons he was brought off early. I hope I mean it sounds stupid to say I hope he got brought off early because he's had a, a minor knock, shall we say, because his heart wasn't there in the first nine minutes of the second half. And it wasn't always there for the first half as well, especially when you compared him to the impact that Gibson made when he came on, even though Gibson made a lot of silly mistakes, his first touch wasn't amazing. He passed the ball away a few different times, but he would turn, get his back on it. He might lose the ball, but he would go and get it back, or at least he would try and go and get it back. And that's kind of what Clough was lacking in that game a little bit for me. Now, I do think Clough is an incredibly talented player and I feel like he can score so many goals at this level. Not out there on the right-hand side, though. No. Uh, Not just wandering around doing what he wants, though. No. doesn't work like that. You need to put two big men on his shoulders and they need to be knocking balls into him and you need to feed him. And if that's the way we want to play football, then we can play football like that. But that's the only way we're going to get really, really good football out of Clough is if we feed him. And that's our game plan, basically, is that the balls go from Guy into Abrahams and Impala and they get them down and they get it into Clough in the attacking third. And Clough makes his impact on the ball, on the ground in the final third. And that's the only way we're going to get a decent player out of Clough because he's not interested in dropping deep. He showed that. He showed that this week, I think. Yeah, and, you know, I think we do want to play like that. I don't think we were hoofing it forward because that was the game plan. Mm. I think, you know, I mean, we spent all of last season hitting clever balls forward to players like Patrick and Coyote who could 
win the ball, you know, halfway up the pitch, bring it down and then do something with it and lay it off to other players, um, Alessandra, Melish, when he makes his big runs, those sorts of players. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they're willing to drop deep, yeah. Yeah, so without without those sorts of players around, I mean, um, you know, Abrahams and Dickinson both, you know, both work hard, but they're not players who are necessarily going to outleap everyone, um, you know, bring the ball down on the chest when it's kind of like played high to them and then immediately turn and beat someone like what you would get with Patrick and Coyote. Clough will do better if we can get the ball to the feet of the players around him, um, we can't get it to the feet of the players around him by playing quite the way we did last season with Coyote and Patrick. Yeah, I mean, the, the game plan was obviously, we, you could see what Salford's weakness was. It was in the defence and it was in the awkward balls up. Mm. Um, but we, we didn't connect the two in the first half. We knew how to sort of like make the gaps appear at their end and we knew the long throws would work. So playing for the set pieces was going to be effective going yeah. forward into the second half. And I think it was just a, in the halftime team talk, it was very much sort of uh, just regroup. This is the game plan. This is the way we're playing football. Get the get the ball into them corners. Force them fullbacks into clearing it into those throw-ins. Get those throw-ins into the box. And you know, in a roundabout way, that's also how the second goal came as well. But I'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that uh, before we get into that. Obviously, uh, Carlisle scored in the eighth minute. Salford didn't score until about the forty-fourth minute of the game. But it wasn't through yeah. lack of trying whatsoever. Uh, they were pounding the Carlisle goal, and Norman pulled out. So far, the save of the season, potentially, maybe, maybe the save of the season, maybe. It was in the side, the six-yard box, there was a header. Uh, it was back across his goal, and uh, he just got his hand to it and flicked it over his post. And it looked it looked really good from where I was uh, sitting, mate. It looked great for the cameras. Uh, you were in the Warwick roadside for it. That must have looked good. Yeah, I mean, I was disappointed that it wasn't on the um, highlights show it, at the, um, the EFL highlights, but... Um, yeah, he got it, and he um, it looked like it was definitely a goal because it was from such close range, and he managed to not just get his hand to it, but it was actually kind of like only halfway. So, like you know, he didn't get his he didn't get his hand up high and tip it over the post, uh, tip it over the bar, but actually from kind of like a position about shoulder height when he was diving, but he managed to kind of get a strong enough hand to it that it that it tipped over the bar from there, which, you know, it it was a great save. Yeah, and, it really was. Mm. Do you know what I noticed from that as well is the reaction of Kelvin Meller to the save was like, yeah. get it! And like, he, he, like, he, like, you know, he, like, shook Norman, do you know what I mean? Like, great save, do you know what I mean? Sort of thing. And, yeah. like, then when Norman turned around, I think uh, Armour maybe sort of gave him, like, another high-five as well. I don't think Armour was ever going to give that high-five unless Kelvin did what he did. <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel... That experience just showed right there in that moment. That experience just showed. I don't think, like, I think Bennett was like that, but I don't think Whelan and McDonald necessarily give the goalkeeper the credit when he pulls out, saves out the bag. And it was funny that Mello was the first one to react, and he's the most experienced person in that back line. So, you know, he knows what a good save is. He's seen loads of them. Um, yeah. And so 
for him to sort of boost his man and then for that to have like a straight up echo effect and for Armour to turn around and give him a pat on the back as well. Um, it just showed the impact that Mella's, got, Mella's already having on the team. Um, and it's a strong impact. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Mella a little bit later on, but first we'll talk about Salford's goal. Um, in my opinion, Carlisle's defence was a little bit slow in closing the man down. It was a goal by Josh Morris. And uh, yeah. yeah, look, we were a little bit slow to close down. Uh, it was a shot from just outside the area, curling, grass-cutting ball from the keeper's far side. The keeper was struggling to get there. I hate to say this one more time, mate. We did. I did say this on the last pod, but Jensen's big old flipping limbs would have probably got to that one, mate. Yeah, I mean, you know, not just height, but, you know, I think Magnus Norman could have really done better with that. Yeah, even even yeah. without the even without the extra reach. Yeah. You know, it's it it wasn't like hit with any particular venom. And you know what? Do you know when sometimes a goal is scored and you can almost tell that the goal's coming the minute the striker draws his foot back. You know, <laughs> okay. you can you can kind of like you, you can just see everything ahead of him. And it, it wasn't like that in this one. It, it was a fairly tame shot from outside the area. And it wasn't until the ball was halfway towards goal and had kind of like found its way past a couple of the defenders that you're kind of like, well, this could go in, this could go in. Oh, no, you know, it's, it's one it's of those <laughs> frustrating things where it's kind yeah. of slowly dawns on you that it's going in. And... That is just because it didn't look until the last minute like it was out of Magnus Norman's reach. Yeah, but they 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 had really good chances before that uh, where they failed to the the final ball wasn't necessarily good enough or like I said Norman pulled out uh, one or two quite good saves. Uh, there was yeah. a, a, there was an attacking run at. Whelan and Whelan was sort of like twisted inside out a little bit uh, but it was like a one-on-one effort with him and then the ball was fed through but Norman did quite well to deal with it again yeah the the offside trap on the halfway line but um, Mm. Henderson isn't a fast player so he didn't he didn't race clear through on goal Uh, Whelan was able to kind of catch him back up again but that was a really dicey moment yeah, I feel like we when we went into halftime and it was just 1-1, uh, obviously because we had the lead right up until the final sort of couple of minutes of the first half, mm. it was a little bit disappointing to go in one all. It would have been nice if we could have held on to it uh, until halftime. Yeah. But in fair reflection, you've got to say one all at halftime uh, after the barrage that we, we sort of put up with. Was it was it was a was a good result for us? I suppose the chance to get back in the changing rooms, regroup, and sort of like reset the game plan and just start connecting those dots because Salford did look always, always the back line look vulnerable throughout the game. And I think we had three more chances in that half where you know some days they go in and some days they don't. Um, but we were creating and we were getting shots off, and um, and and Salford's defence looked. Rocky, you know, especially with the long throws, especially from the set pieces. And um, yeah, I mean, at half time, I went on Instagram live and I think about five or six people joined me at one point. Um, and I just sort of like asked them what how they were feeling about the game and that sort of thing. And some people were quite unhappy. Um, and I was like, I'd take one all. I think one all was OK. And by the end of the game, one all will be fine by me. But a lot of people were quite unhappy. And then I said, uh, well, I, I reckon we can still win it. The key is not to lose it. You know, the key was just not to lose that game. The, 
you know, we, we just, it could have been easy to lose it, easy to win it, easy to draw it. It was just one of those games that was just all over the place. But um, yeah. yeah, half time, how were you feeling when you were going for your, your half time pie? Not <laughs> especially positive, no. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I think we were completely outplayed in that first half and yeah, we a lot were of lucky. Seemed that... doom and gloom, yeah. I feel like we did okay. I feel like we did okay. It's Salford, yeah. we're a good team. I feel like we did okay. I don't feel yeah. like their chances was... weren't great. You know what I mean? When, when they when, There was only that one really good chance that they had in the first half was that header. That was the one really good chance that they had. Like you said, the other ones were more half chances that kind of we closed down quite well. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it kind of looked like the goal had been coming. I mean, even with the one that I mentioned before yeah. where Henderson wasn't fast enough to break away, it was mm-hmm. kind of like, that falls to a different player. That's a goal. Um, and uh, Norman did pull off a different save. Uh, Norman made an absolute pig's ear of a, a pass at one point in the first half, led yeah. to a chance on goal for them. And, you know, Salford were very wasteful in the first half. And we and it, it just felt like we had that to thank for the fact that we were still in the game at 1-1. Mm. But... I couldn't see how we were going to get back into it. We needed to make big changes. I thought we were poor in the first half. I thought we'd kind of we'd kind of ended up just playing hoofball, like I mentioned before, where you know I'll give credit to Beach and to the players, but that's not what they were set out to do. But um, you know, it was a, it was an attempt at playing the way we did last season. It just wasn't working. Um, and yeah, I mean, a half time. I was worried that we were only just going to have more of the same second half. Clough had hardly been in it. And, we, you know, we kind of like, at that time, we were sort of pinning our hopes on him a bit. Because well, he did Clough have had, one... Clough had a goal half. offside, didn't he? He had a goal yeah, ruled was, offside. Yeah, he was offside, yeah. He was offside, yeah, he was. He showed well, he had a good that's, finish that's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens when the ball gets into yeah. his feet. He can run clear of the defence, yeah, but you yeah. need to feed it. You need to feed him, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I've said I've said what I think about or, or what I was thinking at halftime. Just I wasn't especially optimistic. We'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. But I, I, I was. You know, I felt like it yeah. was our game. I, I honestly did feel like it was our game for the taking, and uh, that's why I always feel like it would have been. It was fun to go on live and sort of yeah. have that on record that I knew. I knew the game wasn't over. You know, and we, we yeah. ended up winning it. Get in. So I was surrounded by Carlisle fans, so that's it. <laughs> that's it. Pessimism rubs off. <laughs> <laughs> there was yeah, a lot of grumbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there was. I was getting. I was getting a couple of messages from Carlisle fans yeah. in, in in the DMs and stuff like that, and they were all they were all sort of saying like Salford's had so many chances, and but at the end of the day, we weren't not going forward. We weren't not creating yeah. chances, and Salford didn't look like they were capable of scoring like a, a clinical goal going forward. You know, they didn't look like they were mm. that capable of springing completely clear of the defence. It felt like their goal was more likely to come from a set piece than anywhere yeah. else, similar to our goal. And so it was yeah. just a case of who's going to play this game plan the better. And we we were the ones that did it in the end. So, Carl, yeah. I mean, the other thing you said, I, I mean, the other thing that you said there at halftime is that you were saying that you would take a draw. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I wasn't feeling that a draw was good enough. I know Salford are decent, but I've had a poor start to the season. We're at home. And I wasn't happy with the idea of battling for a draw by playing hoofball at home. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, if we drew like so many two scores. two or three three or so, yeah. I, 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 we were. I felt like we we were, we had to go and score more goals. But I wouldn't have been yeah. disappointed if we went forward, scored more goals, but then they were scoring goals as well. I would have been well, disappointed yeah. if we sat back and tried to just like claim a one one at home. Yeah. Um, obviously, very happy they went out in the second half and they went for it and 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 it, it paid dividends in the end. Ooh, dividends! I don't think we've had that one before. <laughs> <laughs> So in the second half, Carlisle went out and it wasn't long before there was a couple of moan and groans coming from the, uh, so we say the paddock, we'll blame the paddock for this one. Usually the paddock. <laughs> it was, it was, it was the paddock and uh, Beachy changed a couple of things. He brought Gibson on in the 54th minute. He made his Carlisle United debut. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier on there, the difference maker being he, he was trying to go forward and Clough maybe was lacking a little bit of steam and it was quite disappointing. And uh, Clough's received quite a bit of criticism uh, between the game and, and last night on social media. I don't think it's necessarily fair yet. This is like his third start for the team. He's been injured a little bit. And like I said, we don't play we don't play football that's suiting him at the moment. So I feel like that's a little bit unfair. But there was a lack of heart there for me, mate. What, what about you? There was a lack of heart there for me. He didn't look like he was bothered in a suit when he came out. Uh, I mean, footballers are human, aren't they? And if you know, we're playing a, a style of football that he wasn't brought in to play. He'll have been shown footage of us last season. You know, when he was when he was coming in and signing for us, where we're basically you know where we're laying up goals on a plate for someone like him. And, you know, he's come in and thinking, this is the kind of service that I'm going to get. And he hasn't been getting that service. Then he gets taken off. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't like to read too much into players' reactions to get taken off because I think the player's thinking as well, as, as he walks off, the people are going to be judging him based on his reaction. So Was he limping or anything? Did he look like he took a knock he or looked, anything like that? No, no, he looked fine. Really? He's just... Okay. It is what it is, you know, we're there to try and win the game or to try and at least get something from the game and the way things were going, that wasn't going to happen and Chris Beach recognised that and he recognised that the change he needed to make involved taking off Clough because whether it's Clough's fault or not, it it was, it was an ineffective use of that player so we needed to change it and that's what managers have to do. So, yeah, I, I, I try not to read too much into players being taken off and what that means and how they react, because I would hope that, you know, any manager worth his salt shouldn't care how the player reacts because the manager's got to do his job and make his decisions and not base uh, and not start to base those decisions on how players are going to react, how fans are going to react what people are going to read into it, all that kind of thing. Do you think him being on a yellow card had anything to do with him coming off? Possibly. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a handy excuse, if nothing else. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> so. It's a good get yeah. me out in it at the end of the day. <laughs> we'll take it, we'll take it. Um, in the 60th minute, only six minutes after the substitution, there was a long throw from Carlisle, went into the box, was cleared away, and Captain Callum Guy sprinted from the uh, from the D to uh, the around the halfway line to gather the ball, turned his back and played a beautiful 40-yard floater towards McDonald, who headed the ball central, Abrahams chested it onto the toe 
of John Mellish. And Carlisle United took the lead, mate, in the 60th minute. 2-1. Get the end, buddy. <laughs> I was buzzing, mate. I was jumping around the room, mate. Mm. I was happy as Larry. What a great ball in from uh, Guy. What uh, what great strength from McDonald to win the ball from over the head of his man. The taller man as well. Dominated him in the air. And uh, Abraham's showing his battle there with the strength in his chest. And Mellish just showing that poacher's instinct that he showed last year that was so potent what do, you, what do you have to say about that mate you were just right behind the goal when it went in how did that feel yeah I mean that was like a huge lift and it felt like a huge goal because I mean we'd, we'd brought Gibson on by that point and it felt it felt like you know Gibson was contributing to the match in a way that um, Clough hadn't been and you know we started to come back into it but you know actually getting the goal Huge lift for everyone. And there was a, you know, there was an element of, can't, you know, I can't believe it. This is unexpected. I was, I was resigned to, or somehow trying to battle for a 1 1. It wasn't against the run of play, though. That's, you know, that's something we had kind of like properly started to come back into it. Well, we didn't, but have, we didn't, we didn't have the best of starts to the second half, but like yeah, I said, yeah. this is this is when we scored the goal, it was only 15 minutes into the second half. Yeah, and Clough, the reason, a bit. yeah, the reason, the reason, the reason why it looked like Clough was brought off is because there was two chances of, of just before he was taken off where we were going yeah. forward and he, on one of them, he lost the ball and didn't go back and try and chase for it, yeah. and didn't try and win the ball back. On the second time, he was making a run through and the run through was intercepted and instead of tracking back he was just flat again and just sort of like trotted back in and I think that's it was like literally 60 seconds after that when when he was substituted off and it was that change that change of energy and as well is that when Gibson came on Gibson was playing on the right hand side right yeah yeah Gibson definitely kind of where you had some doubts about Clough yeah, when Clough was brought off, he was making the runs down the left-hand side. And I feel like a lot of the reason, another reason why he was brought off is because he was kind of just going wherever he wanted to go. And that's fine when you're making an impact on the game. But when you're not yeah. even willing to track back in and work for it, even even when you've lost it and you, you're causing you know the rest of the team problems because you're the one person that doesn't have to be in a position, um, then maybe it's better for the rest of the team that you stick somebody on and put him out right and sort the formation out and sort the shape out. And, 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 and that was, that seemed to be it, mate. That seemed to be the, uh, what we needed. Cause six minutes later, like I said, that's when the goal went in and there was yeah. a chance before that, you know, when we got forwards and, you know, there's a reason why we had the long throw and the long throw being cleared in itself is, is, is an attacking phase of play. So yeah, you know, the, the dynamic changed and we dominated for maybe the next 25 minutes. I would say for that third goal. Yeah, definitely could have had three as well. Um, but you know, I'll I'll take two because it still means three points. But um <laughs> yeah, we, I mean we definitely looked a lot better going forward, still didn't quite finish the chances we made. But um, well, well, I've got to that... ask you, mate. I've got to ask you. <laughs> could you could you could you was there a FUD on the ground after Mella did that bicycle kick? Did the earth shake? <laughs> <laughs> I felt I, mean, no, I felt my lower back when he landed. I was like, "Ooh, my lower back twinged." Yeah, no, you seem you seem you seem surprisingly limber when he came. You know, brightly took, took everyone by surprise. I had to, I had to <laughs> a, it. and you know, just disappointed that he didn't go in because he'd love to just kind of like have that 
Calvin Mellor scores a bicycle kick on his debut. After he all did. the negativity about the signing, people weren't impressed in his season. A lot of people uh, weren't. No, yeah, a bit unfair, yeah. I think. A bit unfair, I think. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, the, yeah the great debut. Yeah, he's been around a lot of this, a lot of this division and a bit of the division yeah. above. So I think that just kind of generates a reputation as a journeyman who's not really going to, who you know, people just kind of start to look at you as he'll he'll fill a gap at right back, but don't actually yeah. think that he's going to excel. It, I, I would, what, I would have just loved it if he then scored a bicycle kick on his debut. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, that would have been great. I mean, hopefully, we'll change a few people's opinions on on, on Kelvin yeah. Miller. He's got a long, he's got a long way to do that himself. But I mean, yeah. looking at his stats, you know, what I mean, they're a little bit contradictory of that. He's quite. Even though he's had a couple of teams, he's played a lot of games for those teams. But we'll 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 move on to that a little bit later on when we go to talk about the mm. new transfers coming in. But yeah, absolute great impact from him. The bicycle kick was an audacious effort, and uh, it would have been amazing if it found the back <laughs> of the net, but it didn't. And uh, like I said, Carlisle were dominating up until around the 85th minute. Uh, Alessandra came on, and uh, he had a couple of good chances, but fluffed them, like you'd say, he dragged one wide, and the other one just didn't have enough power on it it was it was kind of what Alexandra is the lack of composure in front of goal sometimes uh, he, he creates well gets himself past the line gets himself into good positions it's just a, a lack of final product from Louis but I, I'm still a big fan of him I just I want to see him score a couple more goals because he gets in so many good positions mate you, you got anything to say yeah. about uh, Alessandro when he came on or, or Impala, Impala when they came on yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, after Alessandro came on, he started to link up fairly well with Jack Armour. You know, just trying to get it right in my head that he was on the left. Yeah, he was. You know, he'd received the ball quite deep and actually um, linked up a bit with Dickinson because, let's see, did, who did he come on for? He didn't come on for Dickinson. He came on for Abrahams, but there was, about, on... there was about 10 minutes when he would have played with Dickinson before Impala came on. Yeah, yeah, there was. So, like... I think Dickinson dropped back a bit then. And, you know, there are a few chances where Dickinson, because Dickinson will fight for the ball wherever he is on the pitch. So Dickinson will still kind of like win the ball and start attacks from fairly deep. And, you know, Alessandra, not known as the quickest player, but, you know, he can he, he can make these long bursting runs and just charge forward I guess at that, at that point Salford are throwing things forward a bit more so he's got space to run into um, I mean a couple of times um, you know John Mellish is just absolutely absolutely steamrolling into the box desperate for the ball to come in and you could you know you, you could tell that if 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 either of those chances Alessandra had managed to find John Mellish then the back of the net was getting ripped off Mellish had really good roles in, in both boxes to be, but he, yeah, he, yeah. he blocked a couple of chances towards the end of the game as well, or just helped out at the back with his presence towards the end of the game. And like you said, he was a constant annoyance up front as well when we were yeah. going forward and always, always willing to take on the biggest bully in the opposition, you know, always yeah. willing to silence the biggest bully in the opposition team. And great job from him, which I think lends itself quite Neatly into who we are going to nominate for this week's man of the match. Um, I mean, me personally, mate, it was between Mellish and Mella, and Mella making his debut, fitting into the side, setting such a good example. Uh, like I said, motivating Norman at the back, and in yeah. the last sort of 10 minutes of the game, he was a really good, solid 
presence. He was shutting down most things that were happening on his side of the pitch and uh, constant presence throughout the game. Mellish covered a lot of ground. Obviously, he scored the goal. So I'm going to have to give it to Mellish. I'm going to have to give mine to Mellish. Where's yours going, mate? Uh, I give mine to Mellish because it, it, it wasn't just the goal that he scored, but it was the impact that he made in the second half. And, you know, he was the one who kind of started dr- dragged everyone else up with him. You know, he, he seemed to be the catalyst for, you know, improving the improving the overall performance of the team. You know, that and, you know, the tactical change and bringing Gibson on was also, you know, was also an important factor. But it, it just felt like Melich kind of took it took a bit of a leadership role there in kind of lifting the spirits of those around him. And you could see what he meant as well when he scored him and Abraham's kind of like celebrating right in front of the Warwick. Who's the... You know, um... I think I might have asked this question already, but who's the new vice captain? Um, I don't think it's been mentioned. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I've I've always had a little bit of a route for Mellish for like captain sort of thing. Yeah. Maybe yeah. In, in fair reflection and the debate with you, I've realized that maybe he's just like two years too young, potentially. Um, um but, but how vice old cap- is Callum Guy? Callum Guy's not old. No, Callum Guy's not old, but like I feel like Callum Guy went got lost a little bit in the last two games because he didn't have yeah. Hayden backing him up maybe. And Hayden was a big, big physical presence. And yeah. also just a big but Hayden was young as well. Yeah. But also he came from Wolves. He had that background. He had that swagger. Yeah. Um, he was, he was in the team, one of the most established players in that team. You know, we've been in that dressing room longest, longer than most people. Um, before yeah. he left, so he was quite an established presence in the team. So yeah. I feel like G- Guy is going to be one of the players that's going to miss Hayden more than anyone else because of that vice yeah. captaincy role. Because Guy doesn't come across as um, one of those "I'm going to shout at you" um, on the training ground sort of captains. He-, he looks like a leader by example. Yeah, well, I think you know um, I- I- you mentioned Kelvin Mellor's leadership before, and I think he's probably going to be a a shout for vice captain. If we are going to have a vice captain, because not you know, not every team has a vice captain. It's not an official position. It's oh. more it, it it's it's more something that you give to a player in recognition of the leadership he's already showing. Okay, fair enough. Well, what, what, what we're going to do, mate, anyway, since we've been circling around Kelvin Meller for quite a while now, we'll, we'll go into a bit more in-depth on him because, obviously, last week we spoke a little bit about the transfers, but it was transfer deadline day and we missed uh, this one and another one, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, yeah, Kelvin uh, Meller, now we've been able to watch him play, he's been brought into the side from Morecambe. Last year, he played 32 games for a team that got promoted. That's a good sign. Uh, Bradford City, he played uh, 45, Blackpool, 73, Plymouth, 78, Crow Alexandra, 76. So like I'm saying, he plays a lot of games for these teams, you know. I mean, I know he doesn't play 100 games for anyone, but he does play a lot of games for these teams. So I don't necessarily think he's a mercenary journeyman, but I do think that he gets... He gets, you know, certain managers come in and they want a new right back. And it's just one of those positions where if you're not popular, you get moved on. And that's fair enough. And it, But he's done a good job in most places. And during his time at, at Plymouth and Blackpool, he could have quite easily enjoyed a, a, a stint in the championship, apparently, if, you, if, you, if you're willing to believe the rumours around him. 
seems like a really good signing, mate. I, I was really impressed with his debut. Obviously, I'm really happy that now we've been able to watch him on his debut. And um, he seems like a really he's going to be a really good presence around the dressing room, leading by example. What have you got to say about this one? Yeah, I mean, I was impressed by his his leadership, but also his performance as a defender. He, I don't think he really put a foot wrong in the game. And I don't think so. I think he did really well. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he brought the ball forward well as well. He didn't just hoof it, which because I did kind of like point out that we did kind of fall into doing that in the first half. What uh, did you? Mella, um... to be fair, to wasn't one of the ones guilty of that. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, but what 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 would the um, you meant you touched on it a little bit earlier yeah. on there? But what would the uh, some of the murmurs and reactions to Mella's signing that you might have saw on social media? What were some people saying? So I mean, bear in mind that um, he's coming as a replacement for George Tanner, mm-hmm. and George Tanner's probably one of the most promising players, or was one of the most promising players in League Two. So there's. There's overall frustration with the fact that we've lost two uh, two of our defenders um, in the late stages of the transfer window. Uh, and, you know, um, like I, when I said before, people will view him as a journeyman because he's been at a lot of clubs. And, yeah. you know... Um, you know, people have this idea that we should be bringing in either players that are that are going to play in the championship, or players that have played in the championship, and anything else is underwhelming. But you know, as as you say, you know, Kelvin Mella is not underperformed at any of these clubs particularly. He's you know he he may never have quite made the step up to the championship, but doesn't mean he's a bad player at this level. No, no. I would say that a lot of people have been saying he's like an attacking right defender. I don't yeah. looking at his stats. He, he hasn't been since he left Blackpool. I'll, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. When you look at his stats, he hasn't been. I think he was at Blackpool, maybe where he got amongst quite a few goals at Blackpool. But other than that, I wouldn't call him. He, he doesn't score any more goals than any other defender scores. Let's say that he's no, he's no Ian Wright. He's no Danny Granger. He's not going to score more than double figures in a season. Um, yeah, yeah. Necessarily, yeah. especially not especially not now he's on thirty. Which what yeah. makes him the oldest member in, t- in the team coming in now? Um, Louis Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Louis Armstrong. <laughs> it's because I called him Louis. I don't never call him Louis. Louis Alessandra. Is, <laughs> is, is he thirty one? I think he's thirty two. Alessandra. All oh, right. Okay. He doesn't look it. Hey, come on the show. <laughs> Come on the show, Louis. Come on the show. Um, let's see. And Rob and Rob McDonald's in his thirties as well. No, no, he's in his. Is he in his thirties? No, no, he's twenty nine. Um, Alessand- yeah. Alessandra is thirty two. Okay, okay. Recently, I'd say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had a chance to. We did speak about him last week. We spoke about Gibson last week coming in. Uh, there's been yeah. more rumours about the actual transfer fee and what it was. Apparently, it was twelve thousand, uh, the transfer fee that we paid for him. So not a lot of money spent, but yeah, it doesn't really mean anything to be to be honest. You know, sometimes you just got to pay a little bit to get someone out of his contract. We were lucky with that. We didn't yeah. have to give like ten grand to Markham to get Meller out of his contract. To be honest, but no, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I think we paid a little bit for John Mellish as well. You know, yeah. there's. There's a fair few players that we'll bring in that we have to. I mean, we 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 paid a bit for Kedwin Scott. 
Did yeah, they... we would have we would have done. Uh, I yeah. Think, I think we, yeah, I think we paid like twenty five well, or thirty five or something around yeah. there, maybe. Small but... fees because you know players all is 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 been in Ireland, and you know that was kind of like a stage in his career. But it does mean that he's at a club that you know that will want a fee for him. Yeah, and also, you know, when you're knocking on someone's door so late in the transfer window, why why would you expect them to do you a favour? Because um, you yeah. wouldn't. We didn't do it for anyone else. We we wanted we wanted top dollar. Well, I hope we wanted top dollar. It looked like we got pretty good money. Looking back on Tanner, no, yeah. I think we got some. I think we got okay money. But looking back, I feel like the the top end of it being half a mil's a bit low. I think the add-ons and bonuses we we should have been been able to negotiate a little bit higher. Maybe because this potential is quite quite big, and we might have potentially been able to cash in a bit more on that. But we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. see. There might be, there might be, we might get ten percent of any kind of transfer dealings in the future that we don't know about yet. So anything could come out the bag. Don't oh, bag yeah, on that. I hope we do have a. Sell-on I hope we have fee. something like that, like a sell-on yeah, fee. That'll be good. Pretty That'll standard, isn't it, to have them? You'd hope so. You'd hope so. Yeah, um, yeah you'd hope so that this board would have the yeah. the foresight to be able to do that. I know <laughs> they don't want to be round for long, but I hope they do think about the future anyway. Um, there were some interesting comments in the build-up to the game, but uh, I think I'm going to do more research on that and talk about it next week. We're going to talk about the board a little bit more next week and the ownership and the way mm-hmm. offers have been coming in. I'm going to do a little bit more research, but that's a little flash forward to next week for people um, on the podcast. But yes, back to Gibson. We had a chance to actually see him play. Um, and we're talking about transfers. And like I said, update, he was 12,000. Uh, last time we said undisclosed and there wasn't really much more about it. But yeah, 12,000 for what he did and a victory against Salford with the impact that he made. I think he's almost earned it back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was decent. I, I think 12,000 is, I wouldn't say it's nothing to us, but, you know, it's 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 a lot less than what his salary is going to come to. Mm. So, you know, in a way, it's it, it's almost like a nothing fee for us. I thought he played well. And, you know, obviously for tactical reasons, when he came on, we were better. Uh, but he, he seemed to be, you know, winning the ball, winning the second ball up there in his position. And then and then kind of just, he seemed, you know, bring it forward and do something useful with it. He didn't seem super polished, but, you know, hopefully that'll come. You know, he's been playing at a lower level. So, you know, he seemed... It seemed kind of positive and had the right attitude, and you know, may you know, you know, helped out in in creating some good attacks. He looked quite good. Like I said, he he's got mistakes in him, but he makes that impact going forward, and he's willing to chase his mistakes and make up for them. And a debut is quite a nervy time for most people. He probably just wanted to impress. Um, another another thing I do want to note though, the Carlisle attendance on that day was was around four thousand eight hundred and something. It was close to five thousand, and when it was stacked up against yeah. everybody else's home attendance in League Two, it was a fifth. In the league, and I thought that was that, that's that's a lot better than I thought we would be doing our at this point of the season with, with crowds. And when we compare them to other people in our league, which again begs the question on the board that if we're able to pull in this kind of ticket revenue, then why are we only spending as much as the basement teams? Um, but we'll go into that a little bit more when we have a little bit of a board talk next week on the podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk transfers still, and another one yeah. that we missed, we missed. Um, season-long loan, a player from Arsenal, uh, Jonathan Dinzei, 
uh, is 21 years of age. She's played for Arsenal in the English Football League trophy, so like Arsenal under 23s reserves. So yeah. that's his only really real experience of first team men's football. He's had been involved with the England under whatevers. I don't really listen to the England under whatevers because everyone has when when they come down to this level. A lot of players have been England under whatevers and it doesn't really make a difference. But didn't feature in the game. He was in training around the same time that Mello would have been in training as well. Yeah. What was going on there? What was, you know, just did, didn't, doesn't have the fitness maybe. In the, in the interview yeah. afterwards, Beach didn't say a lot about him. He just sort of said, I fancy him. Looks like a good player. And we were lucky to get him. I hope he's right. We do need yeah. somebody that's going to give Armour a bit of a competition, you know? So I feel His like nice position. Good. I think is is it is, doesn't he do left and left and right back? I haven't heard yet. So I, I, all I've seen is that he's a defender, and I have mm. no idea what position in defence he would play. Mm. Uh, but yeah, if he, you know, if he can play left back, then I imagine that's kind of like the main thing we are thinking that we need that we need backup for Rama. Um, just uh, but you know, if 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 that's how we see him, then I don't know if it's maybe a tactical decision just to not include him on the bench in that game. Um, we had three forwards on the bench, um, Jordan Gibson as well, and uh, Charters, and then Feeney as, you know, and Feeney can play in the centre or on the right, I think, Feeney. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it was just a tactical decision that we didn't need to have cover for Armour on the bench in this particular match. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes we, 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 I mean, we don't really ever have cover for Armour on the bench anyway, so why would this game necessarily be any differently just because you've got the, the option? I'm yeah. thinking Charters has done himself a really good service in scoring his first senior goal in the, in the, in the Cup. Yeah, uh, midweek, and that's maybe why he was given the nod above his man as well. But he wasn't brought on, so a little bit disappointing there. But yeah, we know we know I like to sort of try and inject the youth into the first team a little bit. Yeah, and, um, it would have been nice to have seen him make an appearance, but it was one of those games where you can't argue with Chris Beach when he gets that final result at the whistle, and you, you just can't argue with anything that he really did during the game because the final whistle went and we won, and it was a good game, good result for yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fair, we're gonna look. Fair point. Uh, we'll look ahead to Crawley Town. Crawley Town are not doing very well, mate. They're our next opponents. We're playing away at Crawley. Uh, they have only won mm-hmm. one game this season and drawn one game this season. They just sit above Oldham. Um, Oldham had a bit of a weekend, didn't they? Uh, fans invaded uh, the circle, the centre circle, around the 70th minute after the third barrel goal went in. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. I was listening to Radio Cumbria while I was watching the match, so they were updating on events on, on events around the around the league. So I was aware Barrow three 0 up, uh, Oldham fans invaded the pitch. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if what you want to you want to no, I mean, why they're doing it. We, we, like, we might go with in. their owners, obviously. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But we might go into that in a bit more detail next week when we talk about yeah. Lords. Um, but <laughs> Crawley Towns, I'm doing a lot of plugging for next week. I, I better do a good job. <laughs> do a good job next week. Uh, Crawley Town, obviously, their only victory came against Salford City. So read into that what you want to read into that. 
doesn't say a lot to me necessarily, but they do have former Carlisle player Ashley Nadson uh, playing up front. Uh, he was on the bench. I don't think he'll necessarily feature against us, but it's always nice when you come up against one of your old opposition. Right, mate, we're playing away uh, against yeah. a team that aren't doing well. I would hope. I mean, we didn't have an amazing performance against Salford in yeah. the first half. In the second half, we were a lot better. And if we can pull that out the bag, I'd say we, we should be able to score three, three goals past this team if we can do a half like, like what we did against Salford. And we should hopefully be cruising uh, against Crawley Town. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say 3-0. I'm going to say 3-0. That's what I'm going to say. Go with a more conservative 2-0. We are, you know, we have a decent record against Crawley. Um, it is a way, and we, you know, we've maybe got some things to work on ourselves if we're going to start going into matches, winning them three nil. Still, you know, still kind of got to be a bit more clinical. But I, I, I definitely see it as a winnable game, as will I think most as will uh, most Carlisle fans. I'm going to go two nil. Yeah, yeah. Is there any? I'd be delighted any... with two nil as well. Yeah, I'd be delighted yeah, I'd... 1-0, actually. I would be <laughs> It'd be good to get on a run. It'd be good to get on a run, yeah. wouldn't it? And it's a good chance for us to get on a run against a team that isn't very do... isn't really doing very well. So it's a good chance for us to get on a run. Um, is there any changes that you'd like to see? Is there anyone you'd like to see coming into the first team against Crawley? Um, I mean, you know, based on what we saw in the last game, then, yeah, I'd be, I'd be willing to kind of like drop Clough to the bench. Does that mean a change of formation as well? I don't know. Um, no, I think I think three. I think four three three probably works works well for us. Um, there's no Jimmy Toure on the bench against Salford. Yeah, but, and against Hartlepool. Yeah, well, he, he he was on the bench against Hartlepool, wasn't he? No, no, he was apparently was he was not? at Brunton Park. Apparently he was at Brunton Park. Someone said he was at ah. Brunton Park. Wasn't on the official team sheet. Okay, bench. okay. Um yeah, I mean I'd I'd still like to see, you know, Clough get his chances, you know, start scoring some goals. But at, at the same time, I think kind of if we want to get the best out of the squad we've got at the moment, it might be an idea to to just put him down on the bench and start maybe Alessandra instead or even Mampala. That would be an interesting shout if you put Impala in there. Uh, I'd keep the back line the way it is, obviously. It did really well. Uh, keep yeah. the midfield the way it is, again, in the second half. Very effective the midfield. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily be looking into changing the formation, but to put yeah. Impala I mean, on because this is something we talked about. Yeah. Who what, sorry? Because, I mean, this is something you've hinted at as well. Who would you start with in goal? Ah, um, do you know what? I'll give Jensen a go. Yeah. I'll give Jensen a go because I would say, um, what I was going to say, Jensen did really well in the Cup, okay? But there's no yeah. reason to take Magnus Norman out of the first team until he makes a mistake. And against, before Hartlepool, the game before Hartlepool, sorry, I've got to, another which one was what was that uh, was Hartlepool again yeah um, and he didn't do, he didn't do very well against Hartlepool in the get in, in that game um in the league and he did make a mistake there 
And the game before that, I think we discussed there was an effort where, again, if he was a bit, had longer limbs, he would have maybe had more of a chance of getting to it, which means that we could have won that game instead of drawing that game. Yeah. So based on that and the fact that against Salford, he did look shaky in some parts, you know, like I said, in the, like you said in the first half, he gave the ball away. And yeah. the, goal, the goal itself, I feel like he could have done better with. And I feel like Jensen wouldn't have necessarily struggled with that. So, yeah, based on those things and the fact that now Jensen's been in and around the team and should know everybody's name and, you know, he's been playing for it in training mm. for like two months now, that, yeah, I feel like he, he why, not, why not give him a go? Because if he can really command something, then we've got something to the end of the season. It's a season-long law, isn't it? Mm. So I'd like to see him given the opportunity. And again, though, if you do, if you put Jensen in, you've got to keep him in until he makes a mistake. Or you've got to give him like three games and then leave him in until he makes a mistake. So you've got to forgive him for anything he does in the first three games. And then, you know, after yeah. that, if he makes a mistake, it's the last chance saloon sort of place. So isn't but it's difficult, it's difficult the... making decisions over changing goalkeepers because yeah, there's I mean... always the risk that you mess up the morale of both of your keepers. Yeah, but then because he's only on a season long loan. So if he doesn't, if he, if he turns out to be shite, we don't leave him on the bench for the rest of the year, we ship him off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 not necessarily a lose lose situation. You can quite easily if you if you give him free games, like I'm saying, if you give him free games, yeah, and then you can forgive him for anything that happens in those free games. But after those free games, just see how he's getting on, and if he's not making mistakes and he's doing well, then we've got ourselves a decent goalkeeper, and it's worth paying for. But if after those three games he's still making mistakes and he's cost us games, then we know we know he's not worth it, and we just get rid of him. Yeah, I suppose the risk is that after that you then bring Magnus Norman back, but then Magnus Norman's kind of uh, feeling low on confidence because he got dropped. It depends and, on him, and then it starts you... to affect. Yeah, yeah, it depends on how he approaches it. He might see it as like, right, I'm back in the first team because I've earned it, you know, um, or like now I'm back in the first team. I need to establish myself. Like goalkeepers, yeah, they've got that mindset, haven't they? Where like once once they've got an opportunity to get in there, they want to stay in there. So yeah. I mean we'll see. We'll see. He's still young. Both both goalkeepers mm. are obviously young, but yeah, he, he, at the end of the day he's, he is the one with the contract, isn't he? So yeah, you do yeah. want to see you do want to see Norman play, but he's not been faultless. He's not been absolutely faultless and neither's Jensen, but at the same time, yeah. there's been efforts that have gone past Norman that I think Jensen wouldn't have struggled with and that's kind of why I would lean more in that direction and also when you come up against a team like Crawley I think they like to play like more direct and in the air so to have a big goalkeeper that's more commanding in the air is maybe going to be more of an advantage and it's going to be more mm -hmm. of an advantage in most games for us is to have a goalkeeper that's more commanding in the air yeah um, not to say that that's Norman's weak spot you know he's it, in corners and stuff he seems to claim them quite well but it's a different dynamic, isn't it? When, when you've got an extra foot and your defenders know it is a different dynamic and they, you know, you can get your full backs on the break a bit faster. If you've got that confidence, that the goalkeeper's always going to come and claim that. Yeah. 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 It's true. That's a difficult one to choose, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is, it is, but it's worth talking about. It's worth talking yeah. about. We, we do, we do, we do like to talk goalkeepers here <laughs> on the blue army podcast. Now, mate, I feel like we've had a good old chin wag and uh, there's no point in doing the same thing every week. So we'll leave world football news until next week. Maybe yeah. we'll, 
replaced the Sam Fishburne watch with um, the World Football News. What's going on? Oh, bloody, oh, Sam, oh, Sam, I didn't mean it, mate. Oh, Sam, no, what's going on? Sam, no, 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 sorry. No, 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 we're not doing it, mate. We're not doing it now. No, no. We're not doing it now, mate. We're not doing it. I was just talking about, yeah. I was just talking about, yeah. We won't, we won't do it next week. We'll leave you to it. You can stay down in Lancaster. Do you want to just, you want to just pop off, mate? All right. We'll see you next week, mate. All right. Hi, Sam. Good man. Well, a great man to come on the podcast for a couple of seconds there, just to see if we were. So still is that why you're replacing the world segment with just uh, a little bit of messing around with your sound effects? <laughs> Well, I, think, I think that was, you know, that's what we're going to, we'll replace, we'll replace the Sam Fishburne watch next week with a bit of world football news next week. That'll, that's how we'll thicken it out and round things off, won't we? That'll do. But yeah, next week, obviously, um, if, you, if you're available to come back, Wills, we'll have the Crawley Town game to talk about. And then we'll be looking ahead to Carlisle's next couple of opponents. Oh, I've got the Crawley Town fixtures, not the Carlisle fixtures in front of me. Give me a second. Ah. So we'll be able to uh, talk about the Scunthorpe game, which will be happening. So we'll look ahead to Scunthorpe and we'll talk about whatever happened yeah. at Crawley. And then obviously we'll uh, we'll do a bit of world football news. So hopefully something interesting would have happened. So obviously Ronaldo going to Manchester United and getting the number seven shirt back. I've got to rectify that. I said I didn't know what shirt he was going to get. And then I also said no one really cares. So I don't know why I've rectified that. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that one. And uh, yeah, that's a nice way for us to round off the show today. Wills, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, say bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, goodbye. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to the next time I'm on. Uh, Absolutely, mate. And uh, we'll see you later. This has been episode 34 of the Blue Army podcast. Thanks for joining us. Beautiful, Wills. Thanks very much. Right then, I've just about got enough time to tell you who the loud and local featured band is this week, and it is a very close personal friend of mine's band. They are called Car Crash Radio. I think they recently played in The Crown at Stanix. It's a bit Americana esque rock. Uh, Green Day, Blink 182, Some 41, that kind of a vibe. I really like this song, and I hope you do too. Thanks very much for listening this week. Please do not forget to send in your music to thebluearmypod at gmail.com. If you want to be the track of the week, because anybody can be track of the week, we do not discriminate. And again, if you've got a joke for the Blue Army Podcast, joke of the week, you can send that to the same email address, which is again, the blue army pod at gmail dot com so get in touch with us get involved with us uh recently our apple podcast numbers have been soaring through the roof so it would be amazing if some of you people that listen on apple podcast could give us a like uh five stars sorry i think it is over there on apple podcast give us five stars because you know it's only clicking a button don't be so precious you know it's, it's only clicking a button uh, and we'd really really appreciate it. it really helps us here on the podcast for us to help climb those little podcast charts because we're not doing too badly we're not we're really not doing too badly uh, so yeah if you listen on apple podcast get 
into those five star um, buttons. Oh, God, I'm awful at this, aren't I? That's because I'm tired. <sighs> no, seriously, though, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> And uh, give us a five star and a comment on Apple. Or just wherever you are, just be nice. Uh, It's nice to be nice. And I'd really appreciate it. So thanks very much for listening once again. This week's Loud and Local is a band called Car Crash Radio with their song, SOS. Thanks very much. And the bars Dress up They have confidence Gotta hide the deepest scars I'm standing right there With them Trying not to hide My jaded weakness Apathy As I lose track of time Days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.